0: It is 9.51 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 8th day of June, 2023. And this is episode 743 of Bitcoin. And I'm going to do the Circle P again. Yep, Circle P. I need to make this a thing because, you know, strange things are afoot at the Circle P. What is the Circle P? It's where I, I want to find plebs, just regular folk that produce goods, and or services for sale via Bitcoin, whether it's on-chain, Lightning Network, or any other layer two, and sell it to you over, well, technically I'd like it to be over Noster. It doesn't really matter how it occurs, but I want to start building people or building a, a like a circle that has plebs inside of it that has goods and services for sale with Bitcoin. That That's as simple as I can get it. And that hopefully they'll cut me a little bit off (laughs) of the Satoshis that they get for advertising for them on the Bitcoin and podcast and see if I can get, you know, at least a little bit of you guys sending your Satoshis for things that you want, things that you might need that you didn't know you need and you didn't know you need it because you never heard about it, like comfrey. If you don't know what the beautiful and very useful plant comfrey is, please refer to what is the episode of that thing? Hold on, I'll find it. comfrey. Using my mind map over here, episode 726 was all about comfrey. So Bitcoin and episode 726, if you want to f- figure out why the hell I'm, I have been excited about this plant for years, well, that episode pretty much tells you everything you need to know about comfrey and a little bit more. But Shishi, at S-H-I-S-H-I, over on Noster, and I think it's the same one on uh, on Twitter. He is selling two kinds of comfrey. There's one called Bocking 14 and one called Bocking 4. He's selling root cuttings so that you can propagate this plant yourself. And it's really easy. How easy? Uh, put a stick in the ground, make a hole, and throw a root cutting in it, and then cover it up and water it and make sure that it, you don't let it dry out. And put it somewhere where it's like part shade in the afternoon at least. Don't put it in full sun. I've I've never had good luck with it in full sun, even though it says that it takes full sun. I get the best. I get the best where it gets full morning sun. And by the time that ten thirty a.m. around like the latitudes around Lubbock, Texas, and West Texas, by about eleven o'clock, if you can have that thing in shade, it's going to explode. If, if the shade lasts all the way through the afternoon. This plant is wonderful. So go to episode 726, listen to it, and you'll figure out why you want this plant. It's also a damn good-looking plant, all right? So there you go. Now, the other person right now that's in Circle P, it's a very small club right now, is my friend Maple Trade, a.k.a. BuysNerds, B-E-I-S-N-E-R-D-S, on Noster and on Twitter, and you can order maple syrup. His, his a.k.a. is Maple Trade. You can order his really, really good, but uh, more importantly, handmade. This is pleb-made maple syrup. He taps like 600 maple trees. He gets 8,000 gallons of sap. He boils that sap down into 140 gallons of different grades of maple syrup. Why different grades? Because during the sap run... These trees change the profile of what's in that sap, and therefore the flavor profile changes. A lot of maple syrup guys will blend all the grades that they get throughout the sap run, and you end up with a like a hundred. He'll end up with he would, you know, end up with 140 gallons of the exact same tasting maple syrup. But Maple Trade or buys nerds, he doesn't do that. What does he do? He's got three different grades, possibly four. I, I, he sent me four different ones, I. But he sent some, some, some to somebody else, and they said that they got three. I, so I, I. That this is pleb made, right? It's not, it's not in a manufacturing house, right? It, it's not like quality. Well, it's quality controlled, but it's not quality control like you get from Lay's potato chips, where it's like. Um, it's engineering based. No, this is pleb made. This is handmade maple syrup. It's the best maple syrup that I've ever tasted. He also sells his sister Sarah's soaps, which I still have the soap. I'm still using the soap that his sister made after months. And it's not because I'm I'm like, you know, don't Take showers or anything like that i I do, and my i've got a family of four, and they use the soap. I still have both bars of these soaps they 're almost indestructible and they're handmade they're beef tallow based get it get it get it get it um he'll he'll hook you up with his sister Sarah, so you just got gotta go to b i or b e i s n e r d s over on noster. Tell them both, both Shishi and Beisnerds, that you heard about their product on the Bitcoin and Circle P, and they will cut me some satoshis off of whatever it is you send them. And I want, I want to make Circle P a thing. I, I really do because I think it's important that we examine how we're going to reinvent commerce at our scale going forward with the tools that we have, Nostr. Lightning invoices that we can send each other using old fashioned email, you know, hearing about it from, you know, on a podcast. And instead of me charging them some exorbitant amount of advertising fees, they just cut me off a certain percentage of whatever sales that they find out came from me. So that's why it's important that you say, oh, by the way, I heard it, heard this on Bitcoin and I want to make it a thing. I've only got two guys in there now. There's a coffee. I need to get a hold of these guys that do coffee in Guatemala. And see if they would be interested in doing it because I'm not going to sell stuff that I'm not, you know, haven't talked to the owner. You know that that seems like that's kind of, you know, you should at least ask. That so circle P. Let, let's get let's get on into the rest of the news. Uh, Bitcoin Magazine BTC Casey, Fetty hosting first ever pop up Federation at BTC Prague. BTC Prague is a Bitcoin conference that is going on right now in Prague. Chechia, which used to be the northwestern part of the country called Czechoslovakia back in the day before the uh, Berlin Wall fell. Uh, But it's there. All the guys that we know are partying down in frickin an ancient European city, having fun with each other. And Fetty Alpha is there. So here we go. BTC Prague and Fetty are teaming up to launch the first-ever pop-up federation on the operating system, or OS, providing attendees of the BTC Prague Conference with a unique opportunity to test FETI Alpha, the builder-focused early release of the federated operating system, the Prague Pop-up Federation will offer exclusive features to invitees, including the ability to broadcast messages on chat, use satoshis, and access sites sessions with event information. The event only available during the conference aims to turn it into a proving ground for FETI Alpha with attendees serving as test pilots. FETI co-founder and CEO Obi Nuosu expressed the importance of involving the Bitcoin community in shaping FETI. Quote, We're building FETI with you. It's about turning BTC Prague into a proving ground and all of the attendees into the test pilots of FETI Alpha, end quote. Participants can download a limited version of FETI Alpha to join the Prague Pop-Up Federation, enabling them to receive live updates from the conference, engage in secure chats, and send and receive sats to follow attendees. The project showcases FETI's vision of a federated operating system that empowers individuals and communities to regain control over their money and data. BTC Prague organizer Martin Kuchar highlighted the project's ambition and expressed support for its success, stating, quote, the project is as ambitious as it is exciting, and we are rooting hard for its success. FETI encourages participants to approach the event as a test and provide feedback to help improve the platform. The pop-up serves as a testament to the collaborative spirit of the Bitcoin community and its commitment to building a decentralized future. Okay, that's great. What's FETI? (laughs) Okay. Fetty alpha. You can get it on iOS. I've got it. And it's, it's what they say. It's like a little, it's like a chat app, but it contains a a bit more things. You can chat privately. You can transfer money privately. You can personalize it. You can like, you know, manage groups. You can do all the, all the things, but I've got two kind of problems here. It's not, I don't have a problem with it. I, I want them to succeed. But I keep seeing, I keep seeing us fall into the traps of trying to build our own thing and not, which is fine. I, there's no reason in the world that you shouldn't build your own thing. But if you're not connecting your thing to, and I'm going to say it, if you're not connecting to Noster, if you're not putting, if you if you don't have an input output pipeline of your new thing it's going to be so much harder because when I go over and I use Fetty Alpha, I'm like, I don't know anybody. I, I've got to build a new network. Why can't I just feed, feed Fetty Alpha everything that I've got from Noster? I'm I'm getting fatigued at rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding. It should we should be thinking about re or building something once and reusing or releveraging what we've already built in other situations. That said, my second and final issue with what I just read about this whole BTC Prague pop-up federation is that if BTC Casey is correct, it's only for the people that were invited to the conference. Okay, I I understand that, but what would have been really cool is if you had had two pop-up federations, one for only the invitees, and then do another test and see, because I'd like to see what was going on at BTC Prague through Fetty Alpha, and I would be using Fetty Alpha right now if I was able to engage that way. Please, 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 somebody get a hold of Obi Nuosu and put that bug in his ear, because I don't know Obi. I like him. I've read a lot of his stuff on air before. But I don't know him personally, and I've never really had a chance to interact with him. If anybody out there is doing that or knows how to get a hold of the guys over at BTC Prague, put the B in their bonnet and let's see if we can get something like that going on. <clears throat> Continuing, ZBD announces Alpha for a new social layer powered by Noster. Ah, ah ha ha BTC Casey again for Bitcoin Magazine, ZBD a company known for its lightning-powered ecosystem, has unveiled the alpha version of its latest app upgrade, Social. According to a press release shared with Bitcoin Magazine, this groundbreaking social layer introduces a new paradigm for social media, where engagement and content are transformed into monetary value. Creators on the platform will retain an impressive 99% of their earnings, according to the release, providing what Zebedee describes as a fair and value-driven experience. The ZBD app, powered by Noster, a decentralized protocol with over 2 million users created at NBD, ZBD's open source arm, it aims to empower individuals from diverse backgrounds to monetize their online identities. ZBD noted that its app's new features have attracted partnerships with prominent industry players such as Thumb Games, Wavelake, Fountain, and Gesso. Through these collaborations, users can now earn rewards by engaging with games, podcasts, music, art, and more with the ZBD ecosystem. This move signifies a shift towards recognizing and rewarding users' passions and creativity in the realm of social media. Yeah, it also represents something else, and I'll get to that. Among the notable features of the upgraded ZBD app are Zaps, which are Bitcoin micropayments as tiny as 0.0002 0.0002 United States dollars already available on Noster. They make a simple social media like in parentheses or in quotes, become a financial transaction, enabling users to directly support content creators. The app also offers open social media functionality, allowing messages, profiles and posts to flow seamlessly across any Noster powered app. Or a website. Additionally, the app introduces the ability to send money via encrypted chats, fostering secure peer-to-peer transactions. Andre Neves, CTO and co-founder of ZBD, stated, quote, The new social layer within the ZBD app delivers an all-in-one space for people to connect, play, and earn while embracing our core values. We're spicing up the ZBD ecosystem to offer an unprecedented user experience, blending social media, gaming, shopping, and Bitcoin. End quote. To be among the first to experience this innovative social media platform, users are encouraged to sign up for alpha access on the ZBD website or follow at ZBDAPP on their current social media platform. The upgraded ZBD app is available for both iOS. And Android devices. And before I forget, I'm I need to let's see what that I'm going to ZB. Okay, the the link that's in the show or in the uh the that article takes me directly to zbd.io, zebede dot i o. And let's see what the page says. It says start building documentation. Oh, you know what? It doesn't take me directly to a sign up where I can throw in my email I've, I've I, I you have to search for it uh anybody who's got the ear of ZBD see if they can redirect that particular or actually this may just be BTC Casey's fault um yeah if somebody's got the ear of BTCKC, it'd uh, be great if this uh, link would go directly to where I could drop my email in uh, so I can get access because I, I'm not going to be able to do it live on air because, you know, it's live. We're doing it live and we're doing this one live too. Major Australian bank to decline certain payments to crypto exchanges. Here it comes. Oh, you know what? Before Before we do this, I wanted to uh, make a statement about the ZBD app. So let's go back a little bit. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to put the brakes on your ass. But we do need to talk about, because what I was, my complaint about the whole uh, Fetty Alpha was that it seems from, and I've played around with it, it doesn't seem to have any, any ins or outs to any other social media landscape. Okay. It's just all in one. Well, I could use Signal for that or I could use I guess Telegram even though I I cannot stand Telegram. It's I I just I hate it for some reason. There's something about there's something about having to wade through 400 people talking at once uh, to figure out what the hell you were saying to somebody else that disappeared in the stack. I don't get it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The difference between the fetty thing going on and what ZBD appears to be going on is two different ways of looking at what exists in the world right now. It looks like FETI is not looking at NOSTER. ZBD not only looked at NOSTER, but integrated NOSTER and everything that is NOSTER like as a core feature of their social layer. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Why is that important? because I can get on ZBD's thing and it may not have like, you know, the security features or whatever that, that Fetty and I'm not putting Fetty down. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not doing that. I'm making a, an observation here. It's going to be harder for me to want to get on Fetty because I don't know anybody. And I got Now I got to rebuild everything. I've, I've got it. I don't want to have to continuously rebuild my social graph. I want one social graph that can never be taken away from me. And that exists now with the Nostra protocol. It's never going to be taken away from me. And I, but I, if I go over to Fetty Alpha, I've got to rebuild that. I've got to send out like all you know the QR code so people can you know find me on Fetty Alpha, and I've got to put that over several times every day on Nostra for that to actually get people to get up off their ass. Then they got to download the app, and then they got to install it, and then they got to get do their own bio. Then they got to do all the stuff. That's a lot of friction. ZBD, I can get into that thing. And my existing social graph comes along for the ride. How much friction just evaporated right there? A lot. A lot. And this is what I'm saying. If we continuously build our own things without leveraging somebody's pre-existing social graph, then it will be no better than Twitter or Blue Sky or FaceBag or LinkedIn or whatever. When I was, when I'll go back to the whole circle pleb thing, the circle P. We're building a completely new way of doing things. And if we're not, if we're going to ignore the obvious elephant in the room, and what is that elephant? My social graph, your social graph, our social graph. If you're going to ignore it, you are fighting an uphill battle. For all the people that are listening to this, that want to do something, want to build an app, please consider looking at, if your app has anything to do with social, anything, please consider allowing your users to pull their already pre-existing social graph into the mix. It will make it easier for you to be successful I guarantee it. OK, now we'll get to how the bank is about to screw up. Major Australian Bank to decline certain payments to crypto exchanges, Jesse Coglin. Coin Telegraph. Commonwealth Bank, the largest bank in Australia, has said it will decline or temporarily hold certain payments to cryptocurrency exchanges citing the risk of scammers. The move comes amid two major global exchanges facing lawsuits from the United States securities regulator and is just a few weeks after another major Australian bank, Westpac, banned customers from transacting with crypto exchange Binance. On June the 8th, CBA said it would decline or put a 24-hour hold on certain payments to cryptocurrency exchanges as part of new measures to help protect customers from scam risks associated with making certain payments to cryptocurrency exchanges. The CBA spokesperson told Cointelegraph that, you know, for now, it was not providing further information publicly or to customers on what payment types it would block or hold, citing the risk of scammers circumventing the changes. Jesus Christ. It's just obfuscating the the whole reality of banking here. Thank you very much. In its statement, the bank added that a 10000 Australian dollar, or about $6,650 $6, per month limit on customers sending funds to crypto exchanges to purchase cryptocurrencies would be introduced in the coming months. That's what we call a throttle. <clears throat> Quote, from today, CBA will decline or hold for 24 hour uh, hours certain payments to cryptocurrency exchanges and in coming months. It will also introduce the 10,000 Australian dollar limit in one calendar month where the bank can identify the customer payments are to exchanges for a cryptocurrency purchases. It, the bank said the general manager of CBA's Fraud Management Services, James Roberts, claimed that scammers globally or globally are capitalizing on the interest in crypto, pretending to be legitimate investment opportunities or diverting funds into cryptocurrency exchanges. The bank said the measure would be subject to ongoing review and it would monitor the impact of the measure yeah see if it's if it's working if it's working to stop people from getting out of your shitty fiat currency then that's 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 going to be success for them that's what they're they're talking about in a major turnabout for the bank which just over a year and a half ago in November of 2021 was set to launch their own crypto trading service for millions of users of its combank app the bank ceo <clears throat> matt common Said at the time it sees risks in participating, but we see bigger risks in not participating and added the sector and the technology isn't going away anytime soon. As recently as May 2022, Cornyn was wrangling with regulators over the launch of the product. The country's financial regulators, however, won out and a pilot for the crypto trading product was put on ice. Yeah, and there it will stay. <clears throat> so we've got, you know, the bank CEO basically backtracking on what he said because Gary Gensler got his panties in a snit. Wow. That talk about a spineless person. Okay. But I will say this. There are scammers out there. They're everywhere. I mean, Bitboy, do we have to go any farther than that? I mean, I get here's here's the thing. It's a lie wrapped in a truth. The easiest way to sell what you really want to do, which is not good for people, is to wrap it in a truth. And the truth here is that, yeah, people are getting scammed out of their money on bullshit shit coins and altcoins and staking and yield farming and I don't know, sushi sandwich swaps and what whatever. Yeah, they're getting scammed left and right. It's almost impossible. To put out the signal against the noise of scam, of Ponzi, of whatever. But what are they really doing? The truth, the God's honest truth of what they're doing is that they're using the entire field of scammers to make sure that they can throttle the amount of their shitty currency that gets converted into actual, solid, real uh, uh, utility having money and that would be Bitcoin. That's the truth. They're lying to their people by saying they're trying to protect them. What they really want is control of their money. They they don't want their money being burned at the stake like the witch that it is. That's the truth. That's the truth. Now, let's see. What is this one? How is it that uh, this is coming up again? Yes, we know. Fetty is hosting the first ever pop-up. I get it. I, why is that up there twice? Whatever. I don't care. Radio host sues open AI for libel after ChatGPT accuses him of a crime. <laughs> oh, boy. <clears throat> yes, I get it. I, I, Every once in a while, I'm going to drop AI stuff in here for the, for the very same reasons that I'm dropping Noster stuff into here. This is Bitcoin And it's not Bitcoin only. All right. So Bitcoin and AI, Bitcoin and decentralized social layers and decentralized social graph, Bitcoin and digital identity. You know, one point or another, it might be Bitcoin and stealth F14s. Who knows? Radio host sues OpenAI for libel after ChatGPT accuses him of a crime. Jason Nelson. Decrypt.co, Georgia radio host Mark Walters is suing OpenAI after its massively popular ChatGPT GPT accused him of embezzlement in the precedent-setting case, the Second Amendment Foundation versus Robert Ferguson. The catch? Walters is not named in the case, nor has he ever worked for the Second Amendment Foundation. Quote, OpenAI defamed my client and made up outrageous lies about him, Mark Walters' attorney, John Monroe, told Decrypt, adding that there was no choice but to file the complaint against the AI developer. Quote, ChatGPT, said Walters, was the person in the lawsuit, and he wasn't. Documents filed in the Superior Court of Gwinnett County, Georgia, claim ChatGPT responded to an inquiry by journalist Fred Reel, giving the chatbot a URL pointing to the SAF versus Ferguson case and asking for a summary. The chatbot erroneously named Mark Walters as the defendant, the complaint says. ChatGPT allegedly generated text saying the case, quote, is a legal complaint filed by Alan Gottlieb, the founder and executive vice president of the Second Amendment Foundation, against Mark Walters who is accused of defrauding and embezzling funds from the SAF, in quote. The text also claims that Walters allegedly misappropriated funds for personal expenses. Ooh, Real reached out to Gottlieb about the response, who said the statement made by ChatGPT was false, the court document said. Walters is demanding a jury trial, unspecified general and punitive damages, as well as attorney fees. While lawsuits against AI developers are still a new legal territory, Monroe is c- confident that his client will win. Quote, we wouldn't have brought the case if we didn't think we weren't going to be successful, but others are not so confident. Quote, for most claims of defamation within the United States, you have to prove damages, Cal Evans in-house counsel for Stonehouse Technology Group told Decrypt. Quote, although the suit references the, quote, hallucinations, it is not an individual communicating facts. It is a software that correlates and communicates information on the Internet, Evan said. AI hallucinations refer to instances when when an AI generates untrue results not backed by real world data. AI hallucinations can be false content, news or information about people, events or facts. In its ChatGPT interface, OpenAI adds a disclaimer to the chatbot that reads, quote, ChatGPT may produce inaccurate information about people, places, or facts. Quote, if this, it, it, it is possible that OpenAI can cite that they are not responsible for the content on their site, Evans said. The information is taken from the public domain, so it's already out there in the public, end quote. In April, Jonathan Turley, a United States criminal defense attorney, and a law professor claimed that ChatGPT accused him of committing sexual assault. <laughs> Worse, the AI made up and cited a Washington Post article to substantiate the claim. Wow. This hallucination episode was followed in May when Stephen A. Schwartz, a lawyer in Mata v. Avanta Airlines, admitted to consulting the chatbot as a source when conducting research. The problem? The results ChatGPT provided Schwartz were all fabricated. Quote, That is the fault of the affiant or affiant in not confirming the sources provided by ChatGPT of the legal opinions it provided, Schwartz wrote in an affidavit submitted to the court. In May, OpenAI announced new training that the company hopes will deal with the chatbot's habit of hallucinating answer answers. <clears throat> Quote, Mitigating hallucinations is a critical step towards building aligned AGI Open AI said in a post Open AI has yet to respond to Decrypt's request for comment. All right, so we're in very very weird territory here. <clears throat> okay, so is ChatGPT a person? No. Am I defending this? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not I'm not defending I'm not defending ChatGPT's uh uh place in this particular lawsuit. I think that this lawsuit needs to be carried carried forward because like it or not one of the ways that we figure out how human beings act as a group and how we deal with each other many times comes through a lawsuit and the decisions handed down by judges and if the law and, and the best lawsuits that that do determine you know hopefully how we deal with new technology goes through several iterations of a court hearing. Like you get you know, for your first court and then they say, you know what, we're, we're kicking, you know, either they, either they kick it up themselves and say, we don't have jurisdiction on this. They kick it up to the next higher court or th- whoever gets the decision, you know, they hand down a decision and the people that don't like the decision decide to appeal and then it goes to the higher court. And then at one point or another, some of these get all the way to the Supreme Court level. This might actually—I could see this going to Supreme Court. Why? It's—it's a—it's a First Amendment issue between a human being and a machine. This would be one of the most cool things to read about, like the decisions or the the opinions of the Supreme Court justices. This one would be for the books, man. So I hope this gets kicked up all the way to the Supreme Court, but. Aside from that, we've got a situation where is it's not a person saying this, so is everybody absol can can open a i just say or chat gpt just say anything at once or 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 not be somehow or another reprimanded? How do you reprimand a machine? You can't throw it in prison i i What do you do? Shock the motherboard of all the servers? Give it some pain? What the hell do you do? How do you even act? And then, 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 then you go, okay, well, it's clearly the actual humans that created it. Who are you going to hold accountable? Everybody? Like, are you going to hold accountable the guy that made a comment years ago that, Just to like, you know, before ChatGPT was ever like, you know, we were still on version two or version three and some guy made a public comment and that comment was taken as like, hey, this is a really good idea. And then that idea is incorporated. Is that guy that doesn't even work for open AI? Are they, are they to blame too? Who's to blame? Who's to blame? Like I said, man, shit's going to be really, really interesting. But meanwhile... A Bitcoin life insurance company backed by Sam Altman and Google's VC fund raises $19 million at a $100 million valuation. Oh boy, this is Fortune Crypto, who's definitely not our friend, written by Ben Weiss, and I have no idea who the hell he is, but here it is. Bitcoin believers hope to one day use the cryptocurrency in every facet of their financial lives, from paying for coffee, Jesus, to taking out loans. Now, Now they have an option to use the cryptocurrency in life after death on Tuesday. Meanwhile, a Bitcoin-backed and AI-powered life insurance company announced that it had raised $19 million to help deceased Bitcoiners pay out surviving loved ones in crypto. Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, and Lockheed Groom, one of the original employees at Payments Giant Stripe, co-led the first round of seed funding. Gradient Ventures, a Google-backed venture capital fund, led a second round. Other participants were Murrow Capital, MS&AD, and and Hudson Structured Capital Management. Meanwhile, "Meanwhile is sitting at the confluence of the AI and digital assets transformation, Anna Patterson, managing partner at Gradient Ventures, said in a statement, The team has an opportunity to change how customers use digital money, and set a new standard for tech-enabled life insurance providers, End quote. The capital raise, which values, meanwhile, at $100 million, according to CEO and co-founder Zach Townsend, is just one of Sam Altman's recent investments at the intersection of crypto and artificial intelligence. Here we go. WorldCoin, a project he helped found that aims to convince billions of users to scan their irises to prove that they're human recently announced a funding round of $115 million. In 2020, Townsend and co-founder Max Gasner decided to build a life insurance company that only collects and distributes Bitcoin. A life insurance company for the crypto economy, he told Fortune. We're believers that there will be this Bitcoin economy and that this is going to grow over time, he added. So he and Gasner, who both have fintech backgrounds, set to work, eventually securing approval as a licensed and regulated life insurance company in Bermuda. Meanwhile, it is not a currently licensed or registered as a life insurance company in the United States. Yeah, yet using AI to issue claims and evaluate the health risks of applicants for oh God, dude, that's so bad. Oh, that re- I tripped. I fell flat on my face after I read that one. Using AI to issue claims and evaluate health risks of, not two, but health risks of applicants. The firm, which has seven employees, only deals in Bitcoin. At least they have that going for them. Customers pay monthly premiums in crypto and claims are paid out in crypto to make money. Meanwhile, like many other life insurance providers, lends out a portion of what's collected in monthly premiums and charges interest on those loans. Ultimately, Townsend trusts his product with his life. He has, he told Fortune, taken out his very own Bitcoin life insurance policy. Yeah, what did AI say about your health report from a human doctor? What, did it read your MRI? Hold on, it's coffee time. Are you freaking serious? So this is not good for Bitcoin. I'm going to go ahead and say it right here because it has two things. One, they're hopping on the Bitcoin chain <clears throat> or train to, you know, probably garner Bitcoiners because we're a, have a tendency to be a single issue voter whether it's political or corporate. Second, loans. Stop it. Dude, I'm going to piss Nick Carter straight the f off. Don't take loans. On your Bitcoin. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't mortgage your house to buy Bitcoin. Don't do that either. Don't take out credit card debt to buy Bitcoin. Don't do that shit. How come it's... Why is it so hard to just take 25 bucks a week and buy Bitcoin with it? Why Why? why is that difficult? Well, it's complete asymmetry. The upside... Is way more has a way more good potential than a potential downside and you lose a year's worth of twenty five bucks a month, which is a lot of money, I get it. But the upside and twenty-five bucks a month, really? Dude, I can't buy I can't buy my kids lunch for twenty-five bucks. I gotta pay like thirty-three. And that is like at a drive-in. Let's be honest, okay? I would probably take a good, long, hard look at Zach Townsend, the CEO of Meanwhile, considering that he's in bed with Sam Altman. I just don't trust him. Look before you leap. Yes, Bitcoin life insurance is going to be a thing, but the fact that this particular one is aligned with Sam Altman and the statement of an AI looking at your health risks to the life insurance company, that doesn't bode well. Let's run the numbers. Whoa, energy taking a wild ride this morning. West Texas Intermediate was down almost four full, actually it was down over four full points this morning, but has since re. Retracted some of that. Uh, West Texas Intermediate down now only 1.63 percent to seventy-one dollars and thirty-five cents. Brent North Sea likewise down 1.39 percent to seventy-five eighty-eight. Natural gas is actually higher by almost half a point to do two dollars and thirty-four cents a thousand. And gasoline is down three quarters of a point to two dollars and sixty-two cents. Shiny metal rocks are mixed. Uh, biggest winner today is go- uh, no silver at three point four seven percent to the upside, twenty four dollars and thirty four cents. Gold is up one point one to nineteen seventy nine and ninety cents. Platinum is down almost a full point. Copper is up almost a full point. Palladium is down two point seven seven percentage points. Lumber, rocking it, 1.08% to the upside. Biggest winner in agriculture across the field today is going to be coffee. Wow, haven't seen this in a while. 5.37% to the upside, followed by sugars, 4.69% to the upside. Only loser today is cotton, a third of a point to the downside. I got live cattle up 0.19%, lean hogs down over a point, feeder cattle up 0.42%. Dow is up 0.41, S&P is up 0.39, NASDAQ is up 0.92%, and S&P mini is the only one sucking swamp water. It's half a point to the downside. Real money is sitting at $26,495.34. It's been bouncing around hard. I mean like some serious swinging like over the last couple of days. It's kind of bizarre to watch, but for 125,000 BTC have exchanged hands in the last 24 hours with an average transaction value of one BTC, a median transaction value of about $145.40. Block times are, well, they're low today, nine minutes and 36 seconds. Pausing to say that the volatility in hash rate has been kind of mirroring the volatility in Bitcoin pricing. Kind of strange. Haven't really seen this. I think we're entering in a different phase. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, we got half a BTC taken in fees on a per block basis. 75 and a third BTC taken overall in fees in the last 24 hours. With a 5% drop in hash rate, we are at 347.7 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator as usual is Doge. 6.8 United States pennies. I I want these things to go away. Please, for the love of God, $513.4 billion is Bitcoin's market cap. That's almost 4% of gold's market cap. You can get thirteen point eight ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin of which there are nineteen million three hundred ninety six thousand two hundred and eleven point nine five of five thousand three hundred and forty five of those are in the lightning network valued at one hundred and forty one point five million dollars we 've got seventy thousand eight hundred and eighty eight payment channels that we know about, and sixty four percent of all of lightning seems to be running over tor. We have an estimated difficulty change of a negative point six percentage. Uh, coming up in what June fourteenth, twenty twenty three. Mem pools are lighter today. 184 some odd blocks are carrying 265,000 unconfirmed transactions. And they're all waiting to clear at a low priority value of 18 Satoshis per V-byte, a high priority transaction value of 21. It's going to cost you about 78 cents to get a standard SegWit transaction through the thing. Everything underneath 4.71 Satoshis per V-byte are being purged out of mempools. I have dropped out of the top 10... I am into the top 11 and I will. I'm number 11. Yay. <laughs> uh, but again, as usual, I think everybody, even those people who were able or, or who are not able to actually uh, get a transaction, a boosting transaction through like Ptar. Now Ptar is one of my favorite people because Ptar at least tries, you know, but his transaction, I think, failed. I'll talk about it. 250,000 Satoshis is what Petar tried to send me in a boostagram stating, thank you for all the great reads and commentary, Dave. Bitcoin and podcast is my go-to daily Bitcoin news site. Keep up the good work, brother. Even though I did not get those Satoshis. I've had this happen before. And from now on, anything that's like over like 20, 50,000 Satoshis on boostagrams I go right to my node. I get on Thunderhub and I look up transactions to confirm whether or not I got it. Ptar, if you're listening, I did not get that 250,000 Satoshi boost. Um, actually, in fact, hold on. I want to check one more time. I'm going to go over to my node, get up to Thunderhub. Because I don't want you sending half a million sats again, or uh, 250, well, a quarter million sats again. So I'll go to my transactions, and uh, no, no, it's not there. Let me check for five, seven hours ago. Nope, 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 nope. I didn't get it. I'm not asking for you to send it again. That's not the point. The point is, is that you need to know, because that's a chunk of change. That's a lot of Satoshi's. I want to make sure Pitar understands that I did not get it. And if it didn't bounce back to him, we kind of got to figure out where that went. I would much rather it go back to Pitar so that he can deploy it wherever he sees fit. But if it's locked somewhere, if it's hung up, then we got to get over to the fountain guys and figure out what the hell's going on because I don't want him to lose that money. So, but I tell him, Pitar, I hope that 250K sat boost came back to you because it never showed up in my lightning node. Thank you for the kind words. It's always a good way to start my day because it is. His words actually mean more to me than the Satoshis. Fatoshi did get his 10,001 sat boost through. He says regulators come for shitcoins. Shitcoiners run to Bitcoin. He's correct. Wartime Psycho with 3000 Sats says Zion is JP Sears thing. He is a Bitcoiner. Look on YouTube. I'll bet you'll recognize him. Funny dude. Cheers. I do know who JP Sears is. I I, I do know that guy. I did not realize that he was the guy behind Zion. So I hope he has great success. Nick underscore dose with 2345 says Cheers. MCOT with 414 says Not financial advice. Quote. I, too, closed out my 401k and will take a penalty this tax year. I'm late 30s. I set up a hold your own keys solo 401k a couple of years ago and YOLO'd into Bitcoin with the funds at 63k. When the exchange rate dropped below 20k, I decided the tax hit and early withdrawal penalty were worth it. I'm not confident in the United States government's long term solvency and believe private retirement accounts will be attractive targets for bailing out Social Security because, you know, equity. And it's that last sentence that is so important that I'm going to read it again. I'm not confident in the United States government's long-term solvency and, and here's the meat, I believe private retirement accounts will be attractive targets for bailing out Social Security. I don't think he's wrong. You, I mean, you saw what they did like on bank accounts in Cyprus and Greece where the bail-ins, where you just they just took your money. Why wouldn't they take it out of private retirement accounts to bolster Social Security by saying, hey, it's equity. You know, we got to be, we, we, you know, it's for the good of the whole, even though it's a private retirement account. If you don't think that they want, wouldn't do that or that they can't do that, you are fooling yourself. MCOT, thank you for uh, putting that bee in my bonnet, dude. God's Death with 370 says, thank you, sir. Pies with 250 says, as always, thank you for the great content, my brother. Kvart Beer Born says, Kathy took a breath, focused on the green velvet, and tossed the dice again. As they rolled, she smiled to herself. After all, the money wasn't hers to begin with. Yeah. He's talking about Kathy Woods at ARK Invest buying a shit shit ton of uh, depressed Coinbase stock, which I told you about yesterday. Um, if it's not her money, then it makes it a hell of a lot easier to make those gambles, doesn't it? User with a shit ton of numbers, and this is actually a guy with actual numbers. 210 Sat says, FTX blew up without the SEC's help. Binance and Coinbase needed the nudge. <laughs> BitGus with 200 says, boost. And before we go, I've got uh, two. I want to shout out two guys that went over to uh, Bitcoin and on the Apple podcast and left five-star reviews. Uh, Kay Derwin, a great show to get pure Bitcoin signal. Keeps you up to date on the daily news in and around Bitcoin, as well as branching off into other sovereign concepts such as permaculture. Thank you, Kay. Uh, This one is from Kef J, my favorite daily Bitcoin-only podcast. Covers the latest Bitcoin news and finds common threads with other subjects like permaculture, politics, macro, cattle ranching, AI, video games, and all sorts of random goodness. Thank you to both of you guys for the five-star reviews, and that's going to do it for The Weather Report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. SEC Chair Gensler offered to serve as Binance Advisor in 2019, lawyer's claim. Oh, isn't that interesting? Decrypt.co Ryan S. Gladwin is going to tell us about this one. Gary Gensler offered his services as an advisor to Binance in 2019, according to the crypto exchange's lawyers. They allege that Gensler had several conversations with Binance executives and founder CZ prior to taking up his post at the SEC and met Zhao in Japan for lunch. And he's talking about Changpeng Zhao or CZ. The report of Gensler and Zhao's prior encounters come amid an ongoing court battle between the SEC and Binance over alleged United States securities violations. It emerged after the SEC filed documents this Wednesday in which attorneys from Gibson, Dunn, and Latham and & Watkins, two of Binance's law firms, alleged that Gensler offered to act as an advisor to the crypto exchange. When Gensler made the alleged offer in March of 2019, he was working as a professor of practice of global economics and management at Massachusetts Institute of Technology's Sloan School of Management. Since Gensler's 2021 appointment as chair of the SEC by President Biden, the regulator has cracked down hard on the crypto industry, with the SEC pursuing court cases against crypto exchanges Coinbase, Bittrex, and Kraken. Only days ago, Gensler said that, quote, We don't need more digital currency, claiming that the crypto business model is built on non-compliance. Yeah, I gave you that one yesterday. The recently filed document suggests Zhao stayed in touch with Gensler after their March 2019 encounter with the Binance founder recording an interview with Gensler as part of the MIT cryptocurrency course that he was teaching at the time. Later that year, in July of 2019, Gensler testified in front of the House Financial Services Committee over Facebook's proposed cryptocurrency and wallet, both of which were later canceled. Before the hearing, the letter said Gensler sent Zhao a copy of his testimony in which he said, quote, I do not advise any financial, technology, blockchain or other companies, nor do I own any cryptocurrencies, end quote. His sentiment in that hearing doesn't appear to differ substantially from his current position on cryptocurrency. Quote, We must guard against illicit activities such as tax evasion, money laundering, terrorist financing, and avoiding sanctions, he told lawmakers. We must protect individuals' privacy. End quote. Bullshit. He also stated that rules must be put in place to guard against Calibra's, Facebook's crypto wallet at the time, use, or potential abuse of such customer funds. End quote. Binance's lawyers have requested that the SEC chair recuse himself from actions regarding the company citing his alleged ties to Zhao and claim that the SEC has yet to acknowledge their request. The SEC, for its part, claimed in a statement that Gensler is very familiar with and in full compliance with his ethical obligations, including any recusal obligations. All right, so while this is a interesting bit of fact, it doesn't actually mean jack shit. I wish it did, kind of, because I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really a fan of Binance because it's it's a shitcoin casino, but you, you see, that's the thing. We we get duped into this kind of stuff where we think, oh, well, there's there's a conflict of interest. No, there's not. There's not because he just simply had a discussion. He offered his services. Services, I guess, were denied. He did an interview with Zhao for his classroom. And then Binance co-mingled or allegedly commingled funds between Binance International and Binance.us. And Gary Gensler crawled right up their ass. There's no conflict of interest there. People will scream, oh, this is, this is it. This is Binance and Coinbase is out. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. But... It is going to be interesting to see how it plays, isn't it? Now, U.S. Bitcoin supply has fallen over 10% in the past year. Come on, Americans, get your shit, get off the pot. You know, shit or get off the pot. That's what I'm trying to say. Shit or get off the pot. Buy your Bitcoin, do it DCA. William Suberg, Telegraph. In a tweet on June the 8th, on-chain analytics firm Glassnode revealed some surprising conclusions about who is now using Bitcoin. The past year has seen some seismic shift in where Bitcoin is held and traded. In its latest analysis of the BTC supply, Glassnode measured, measured its migration around the world, notably away from the United States and towards Asia. Since mid-2022, 2020 uh, 2022, The amount of supply held and traded by United States entities has decreased by more than 10%. At the same time, Europe's share has stayed roughly equal, translating to a redistribution from west to east. A clear divergence is visible in year-over-year BTC supply changes based on geographical regions. The extreme dominance of U.S. entities in 2020 and 2021 has clearly reversed, with U.S. supply dominance falling by 11% since mid-2022, Glassnode researchers commented. Quote, European markets have been fairly neutral over the last year, whilst a significant increase in supply dominance is visible across Asian trading hours. The metric used to measure the phenomenon, year-over-year year supply change, is a probabilistic tool that makes assumptions over BTC supply ownership based on the time at which it moves. Quote, geolocation of Bitcoin supply is performed probabilistically at the entity level. The timestamps of all transactions created by an entity are correlated with the working hours of different geographical regions to determine the probabilities for each entity being located in the United States, Europe or Asia Glassnote explains in its guidance notes year over year supply change shows that the United States share beginning to decline in March of 2021, but accelerating beginning in May of this year, the findings come as the geopolitical landscape around crypto seems or sees major upheaval of its own. Hong Kong began allowing exchanges to offer trading this month while in the West, U.S. legal proceedings against major exchanges marked something of a watershed moment for the industry. Samson Mao has a tweet here and inserted, The SEC suing an exchange is the new China bans Bitcoin. <laughs> In an opinion piece for MarketWatch, Brian Armstrong, CEO of Coinbase, one of the targets of the legal action, warned that poor regulation would disadvantage the United States. Quote, Smart and bespoke regulation in the 1990s and early 2000s enabled the United States to define the Internet age. Just like then, now is the time for Congress to seize the historic opportunity presented by crypto and pass comprehensive legislation that safeguards consumers and fosters innovation put a tie on that suit speak. On the topic of Hong Kong, Armstrong added that China pushing the crypto narrative was no surprise. I agree with him there. But here's what I, I caution, I, 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 I advise caution when looking at this number. Why? Because the year-over-year year supply change, like they said, is collated with trading times versus where on the planet those trades are being executed. What's to stop me from being, A, what's to stop me from being awake at 4 o'clock in the morning in the United States VPNing or, you know, with a VPN over to a China trading floor and trading at four o'clock in the morning, United States trade time. And then it would look like I was trading from from China, wouldn't it? Okay, there's that. Second, what about program trades? I could do the same thing where I could like say, hey, I'm living in Calgary, but I'm doing business. I, you know, I got my VPN set up. I really like this exchange over here in China. Uh, I'm just going to use them because hey, nobody really knows it's VPN, whatever. And I'm just going to set up a whole bunch of pre-programmed executable trades. And here's the rules that that you, and then I'm going to go to bed. And then you go to hit the hay at you know 10 o'clock p.m. Calgary time. And then when market open occurs in China and all of us, or well, the the rules that were enacted before the guy hit the hay at 10 o'clock p.m. Calgary get executed at like i don't know 2 p m chinese time it's going to look like it happened in china so don't be don't don't read too much into this analytic stuff just yet because honestly i think there's probably a lot of people from a lot of different geographical locations that are using chinese exchanges i that seems to be not a that seems to be sort of a normal course of action whether they're legacy markets or regular market or well legacy markets or god I hate the word crypto markets but we'll we'll use it <clears throat> uh let's see do we want to do this one no because it's too long uh btc traders shrug off united states sec actions against binance and coinbase so let's see what the market Uh, analytics seem to be implying here. Implied volatility metrics show no signs of panic. Oh, goody, goody, goody. The United States Securities and Exchange Commission's crackdown on crypto exchanges, Binance, and Coinbase failed to spur signs of disquiet among savvy Bitcoin traders. Options-based implied volatility metrics show. That's a sign the lawsuits were expected and priced in. Quote, the biggest takeaway for me is everyone has been looking for a catalyst to shock implied volatility back to life and see some sort of renewed bid for longer dated options, said Christopher Newhouse, an independent crypto derivatives trader. Quote, but I see little evidence of that, which suggests players in the volatility market might be just shrugging this off. End quote. (coughs) Regulatory concerns have been prevalent (coughs) since the beginning of the year. And perhaps the market anticipated and priced in the SEC's actions. Well, I don't know. They've been telegraphing it for four months. Implied volatility is based on options data and reflects investors' expectations for price turbulence over a specific period. It is positively affected by demand for options, which are derivatives contracts that offer the purchaser protection against bullish or bearish fluctuations. A call option protects against rallies, while a put option protects against drops. Rising demand for options and the resulting increase in implied volatility often reflect heightened wariness in the market and the potential for increased price turbulence in either direction. So far, Bitcoin implied volatility has seen a muted rise at best. I don't know. You're looking at the same charts I'm looking at whatever. Bitcoin's seven day annualized implied volatility rose to 43% from 34 after the SEC news and has since pulled back to 40%, a meager six point increase for the week. The 30 day -day gauge has increased by four points from multi-month lows while the three and six month IVs or the Uh, with the the implied volatility have remained largely unchained according to Amber data. Quote, we've seen a short-lived pop in the front end short duration IV so there's no real signs of panic. David Brickell, Director of Institutional Sales at Crypto Liquidity Network Paradigm told Coindesk. Griffin Ardern, a volatility trader at crypto asset management firm Blofin, said the SEC's actions is more damaging to alternative cryptocurrencies or coins other than Bitcoin. Quote, implied volatilities have indeed risen, but the rise is not large, and it is mainly concentrated on the front end options, Arden told Coindesk. Quote, the possible reason is that BTC and ETH have already been certified by the United States Commodities and Futures Trading Commission and their derivatives have been traded on compliant exchanges such as CME for several years. While the SEC's prosecution mainly targets altcoins and many altcoins identified as securities, the impact on BTC and God forbid ETH is relatively limited, he said. The SEC in its lawsuit against Coinbase mentioned several coins. I won't rename them. As securities, Bitcoin has chalked up 3% to 5% daily price move since Monday in a narrow range between 25300 to 27400 CoinDesk data show Ether, fuck Ether, I don't give a shit. Quote, when liquidity leaves alternative cryptocurrencies, it goes back into BTC and shitcoin number one and then stablecoins are turned set. Okay, I want to get back to this. That's the end of the article. This one. The possible reason is that BTC and Shitcoin One have already been certified by this Commodities and Futures Trading Commission and their derivatives have been traded on compliant exchanges such as CME for several years. ETH just turned on proof of stake. Gensler is going after not only shitcoins as securities, he's going after proof of stake. When they turned that quote unquote feature on They firmly, firmly, firmly passed the Howey test. In my opinion, they were passing the Howey test way back when with the Dow and whatnot like that. But now that they've gone into staking, I don't think ETH is safe at all. At all. At all. Uh, Yeah, that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Thursday, joke day. Dad says, jokes day. I hate spelling errors. You mix up two letters and your whole post is urined. Yeah, Gary Gensler is taking a uh, squirt on all of us and he will be for quite some time. Um, I still think that, you know, a major fine, well, to the public, it'll look like a major fine. To Binance and Coinbase, those fines would actually be just, what? what do we call it? cost of doing business, and it means absolutely nothing to them. I still think that that's a very much a possibility that is on the table. Uh, I am not expecting uh, Brian Armstrong to go to jail. I'm not expecting CZ to go to jail. And I'm honestly not expecting the complete downfall of Binance nor Coinbase. Whatever happens in this entire thing, I believe CZ will be free to walk, I believe. Brian Armstrong will be free to walk and Coinbase will just not do business in the United States and somehow or another figure out a way to make sure that that actually doesn't happen because some of the lawsuits are, are alleging that they didn't do enough to make sure that Americans weren't using VPN. This is on Binance. This is the Binance thing. There were some Americans that were found to be using Binance International they're not supposed to. They were using VPN to get in, and apparently Binance wasn't doing enough on its web security to make damn sure that that wasn't able to be done. Now, I don't know how to guard against that because I'm not an IT guy on the network security side, but it's going I think it's, it's very, very difficult. So at any given time, the SEC... Even if these companies do, you know, do actually survive and they completely move offshore and stop doing any amount of business with anything in the United States, which is exactly what I would do at this point. They could say, you know what, we can prove that that a United States American citizen or United States of American. God damn, I have problems here at the end of the show. A citizen of the United States of America how, it, we can prove that they have executed a trade on your platform. You're not supposed to do that. We're sending an aircraft carrier to come get you. I, I don't know how they would actually execute that, but I guarantee you, US Treasury, SEC, Law Enfor- Department of Justice would be all, State Department would be all over that no matter where Brian Armstrong goes. And I think Brian Armstrong is thinking Bermuda, is what I think he's thinking. That's not physically far enough away, Brian. You're going to have to, you're going to have to get farther away than that. You have to go to the Philippines or something like that. I'm just saying, I don't expect those companies to uh, vaporize. I kind of don't, and I don't expect the, the leaders of those companies to go and see any kind of jail time whatsoever. Could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong. Have we seen it? Have we seen it yet? Not really. They didn't throw Jesse in jail from Kraken. You know, he, although he did step down, but there's been several instances where these companies have got the ire of the SEC, have been fined heavily. And then what? Nobody went to jail and the company didn't close shop. Why is anybody actually thinking that Coinbase is going to go away or that Binance is going to go away? They will go away. But they will just literally abandon the United States, which makes Brian Armstrong's, um, one of his statements, very, very true. I don't like Brian, but that doesn't mean that I can't understand when he's saying it makes sense. You know, he's saying this thing and it makes sense. And what that is, is that you keep doing this and the United States is going to be a backwater in the future of the world's economy. And he's not wrong. That's the thing. Even someone like Brian Armstrong, who, by the way, if you just think that he's completely stupid, he's not. He's actually really smart. The only problem is is that he's a shitcoiner at heart, and he has a shitcoin casino, and I don't like him for it. But that doesn't mean that he's not wrong. Because he's not wrong. If the United States keeps acting this way then what it's telling me is that they're telegraphing that there's no way that the United States dollar will not remain the world's reserve currency for the next 200 years, and that's just not so. That's not going to happen. I doubt, seriously, the United States dollar will be the world's reserve currency in 50. In fact, that's conservative. It would not surprise me whatsoever if the dollar... Becoming not the world's reserve currency inside of the next five to 10 years happens. It wouldn't surprise me at all if that happened, not at all, not one bit, but certainly the way that the United States is acting and the the, Gensler's statement the other day, uh, or yesterday, he said the world, or at least the United States doesn't need cryptocurrency. Well, okay, that most of it's shitcoin, 99.99% Ponzi, uh, Ponzi schemes, but uh, that aside, you're going to need Bitcoin. You're going to need it because the dollar is going away. But then he also mentioned, he said the euro. Oh, like that's, good, like that's a healthy fiat currency at all. Or the yen. Oh, you mean the fiat currency of the nation that for the last 40 years has basically been fucking stagnant? Yeah, I want to use that currency. I need the yen. I need the yen, the euro, and the United States dollar like I need four holes in the head. I've got enough. I've got eyeballs and nostrils and mouth and ears. I've got enough holes in my head. I don't need any more. And I certainly don't need them plugged up with this bullshit fantasy money. I might as well go to Chuck E. Cheese. But that's the posture that's being taken by the SEC, United States Treasury, Department of Justice, and probably the lower court of New York, whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But we're going to have to watch all of this. I'm going to watch it and I will bring it to you as it comes. Please uh, do podcasting 2.0, stream me Satoshi's, give me boostograms. Uh, If you want to send me something like a massive 250,000 Satoshi boost, it's not like my, my wallet doesn't have room in it. I'm looking at my liquidity on my on my Lightning node, which is basically responsible for handling these boosts, or at least when I get them. I've got enough incoming liquidity. However, I want you to stay safe. I don't want you to lose your hard-earned satoshis. Don't do any more than twenty thousand satoshis, because I know I can get those. If I don't get those, if I see that I've got them but they're not on my Lightning node. I will start making mention of that during when we run, when we do the run the numbers thing, I'll make sure that you knew that I didn't get them and we can figure something else out. And please, please, please Patar tell me somehow or another, if you have been able to hold on to that quarter million Satoshis, I really don't want to see you lose them. I'll see you on the other side.